Welcome to LMG Securities Cyberside Chats. Hello and welcome to the Cybersecurity Chats podcast. My name is Sherry Davidoff. I'm the CEO of LMG Security and Brightwise. Here with me today is Karen Springer, seasoned ransom negotiator and COO of LMG Security. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm so excited that you're here because uh, quite often I talk to you and I say, hey, Karen, how's it going? Or we have lunch and you're texting furiously. (laughs) And I say, what are you doing? And you say, oh, I'm just negotiating a ransom payment. It's no big deal. Just a note. That's all. Um, So, of course, criminals are getting very good at monetizing ransomware and monetizing access to organizations. New ransomware strains are constantly emerging. Ransomware as a service is continuing to expand. Um, And so, hopefully, if your organization does get hit, you can recover from backups or you can bypass the encryption and find some way to recover your data. But there are absolutely cases where that doesn't happen and where organizations do think maybe it's time to pay the ransom and we've learned an important lesson. So when you are uh, thinking about negotiating a ransom payment, there are some important things to know and some mistakes that you don't want to make. So Karen is here with us today to share her wisdom from years of ransom negotiation. Karen, tell us a little bit about what you do as a digital hostage negotiator. (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, I never thought that I would ever have that title in my life. Um, (laughs) Some kids want to be astronauts. Yeah, I wanted to be a hostage negotiator, apparently. Um, So, yeah, uh, essentially what I do is I reach out to the attackers. And it's not like you see on TV, I'm not talking to them on the phone and there's the crazy voice on the other end. Um, It's email, usually. And um, so... I, of course, don't use my own personal email. I, I set up uh, an email to use specifically for that uh, engagement, and then um, I just reach out to them and start a conversation, uh, find out how much they are asking for, and start the process forward. Can you give us an example of a case that you've had? Sure. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the most recent ones was very interesting in that um, uh, the client had already reached out and asked for the price, um, and um, they, uh, when the price was set, I believe it was around uh, three hundred thousand. Um, the client came back and said, um, "We can only afford sixty thousand. And the attacker emailed back and said, "Not according to your financials." So the criminals had actually gotten into the organization and rifled through their financials. Yeah and knew what they made. Yeah, that's a huge red flag right there because you know they've been in the network. Um, And so at that point, that was when I got involved. And that was an interesting one because there was a lot of back and forth uh, negotiation. We ultimately got them down to about 135,000. But there was a lot of back and forth conversation um, and demanding proof of life and things like that to um, actually get to the point where we paid the ransom and got the decryption key. So tell me about demanding proof of life, or tell us about yeah. demanding proof yeah. of life. Yeah, so <laughs> proof of life, um, really what you're doing is you're ensuring that the attackers can, in fact, decrypt the data. Because you, especially if you're a public entity and you've been hit with ransomware, you may start having all kinds of people reaching out saying, I can decrypt it for you for this. Um, So, you know, most ransomware attacks, the attacker leaves a note behind on the computer with an email address. You reach out. And then one of the first steps I take with them is I say, prove to us that you can, in fact, decrypt these files. And in order to do that, 
Um, I will send three innocuous files and ask them to decrypt them and send them back. Um, uh, some of the more professional um, ransomers, if we can call them professional, have gotten to a point where they um, are very careful about what kind of files that they will decrypt. So in other words, uh, let's say you're a small company and all you really need is your QuickBooks file. You could say, oh, here, could you prove that you can decrypt these by decrypting this file? And then, of course, you don't need their help anymore because they decrypted the one you needed and they're on to that now. I bet they don't like it when you're sneaky like that. No, not at all. <laughs> they don't like game playing at all. Um, and so you end up uh, you know, so they won't do Excel files or things like that anymore. They'll do PDFs. Um, if you find yourself in this situation, uh, I would recommend make sure you're not sending a file that has your company name on it anywhere. The less you share with your attacker about the company itself, the better. Now, if they've been in your network, they probably already know who you are, but just in case. Well, now, I know you've had cases also where the criminals will proactively give you decrypted files or de illustrate in some way that they can Absolutely. decrypt it. Can you tell us about some of those? Sure. Um, one of our most recent cases um, in the ransom note itself, it said, um, you know, here is how you can contact us. And by the way, we've already set up a demo workstation. That's literally what they called it. A that's demo. on their network. Yes, that's on this person's network saying, um, and that is to provide proof of life. And they explained exactly how they had created a partition on this work uh, workstation that was not encrypted. Um, and contained a few of the company's files that they would recognize in a decrypted form. Um, the rest of them all used uh, uh, the same key, um, but that particular one had its own key, and all we had to do is email and ask for the demo key. Um, it's like getting a free trial with software, I guess. So we got it, and we're able to see the files. So to back up, you work for an organization. Someone mm -hmm. uh, gets the files locked up. They see the ransom note, and in the ransom note, it says, hey, there's a demo system on your network. And then if you go <laughs> and you look at that demo system, you'll find this example. Mm -hmm. And the criminals are coming in, and you have to buy each key from them. Mm -hmm. Is it one key for each organization? It depends on the strain of ransomware that you get. Um, you know, originally when we started working on cases like this, yes, it was usually one key, didn't matter how many um, machines, but they realized, aha, we can make more money if we use a, key, a different key on each device. Um, and so a lot more recently with different strains of ransomware, we've started to see where um, one of the responses you get when you reach out to them and say, how much is they say, well, how many devices do you have? So um, you might have to buy one key for each computer or one key for each file share, depending yeah, on the type of ransomware. Exactly. It, you may even have to buy a separate key for an external hard drive, say. Gotcha. Um, so tell us a little bit more about uh, your do's and don'ts for ransom negotiation. What are, what are some mistakes that you see people make? I think the biggest mistake is um, pretending to be somebody else. I mean, don't send an email that, oh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a 15-year-old girl and you just locked <laughs> up my homework and um, I can't afford to pay you. I don't even know what Bitcoin is. They've heard it all before. They're on to you. Um, all that's going to do is make them angry. <laughs> so, um, and, and it can make it, it difficult then if you do have to go back later and start negotiating a ransom with them and asking for proof of life, 
then they suddenly realize, wait a minute, this this person was less than honest with us, and so what can we do? Um, you, you don't know. want them to make an example out of you. Absolutely, you do not. No. I know I've heard you say several times that this is a business deal for them. And so you want to be logical and calm and act reasonable. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is about um, just understanding that they think of it as a business. Because to them, it is a business. This is how they make their money. And so to to try and play on their sympathies or to go in um, angry and say you know, do you know what you're doing? You know, you're, you're hurting us. We're, you know, we're a nonprofit. We have no money. Um, it doesn't help. What helps is to go in and say, okay, you know, we understand that you have this that we want. <laughs> and um, at the same time, we have money that you want. What can we do to come to a quick resolution? Um, it's really crazy in our office when we're working with um, a ransom case, we've started to notice there's what we call the professional ransom um, ransom attackers and then the amateurs. For example, we've worked with in cases where the professionals are very businesslike. So, I mean, there's the extreme example of, oh, we already set up a demo um, and here it is. <laughs> but. Then we also have, you know, the professionals where once you reach out, they respond very quickly. And um, if they, we had one where uh, they said, we're stepping away from the computer for three hours, we'll check in with you when we're back. Um, so we didn't have to wonder. The so-called amateur ransom um, attackers, it's going to take um, sometimes 24, 48 hours Believe it or not, some of them take holidays and weekends. Um, and then once you get a response back, it may not be um, in, uh, in the way that's going to be helpful to you. They're what? not always logical. They're not always logical. Um, one of my favorite cases was um, we asked for proof of life. And when we got the files back, well, initially we didn't get the files back. We got an email that said, oh, um, we don't appreciate game playing. We're done. Uh, the ransom is now higher because you wasted our time. And, and I'm like, what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't um, you know how to hold us hostage? Exactly. And we, we didn't mess with the files. They're your files uh, that you locked. So, um, you know, I reached back out and said, wait, wait, what's going on? You know, we haven't tampered with these files. We're not trying to trap you or anything. Um, and it turns out that the uh, attackers were struggling to decrypt their own encryption. And so they, um, they got frustrated. They got frustrated. They spent the weekend troubleshooting Ugh. their decryption processes. Uh, they literally told me, "Time is money." <laughs> so this is a really important point. We have a lot of amateurs that are buying commercial ransomware software on the dark web. Uh, maybe ransomware as a service, or maybe they're just downloading their own software, mm -hmm. and so they don't always know how it works. And also, sometimes um, the ransomware may not work properly. So yeah. the market is getting flooded with these new and different and cheaper ransomware tools and they mm -hmm. sometimes your data will get locked up and it can't be decrypted and that's yeah. frustrating for you and it's also frustrating for the person that is trying to hold you hostage and get your money. <laughs> right, exactly. It's a strange world. <laughs> it is, it is. And in that case, we actually ultimately discovered that it was the process by which we were sending them um, as attachments. So we had to use a file sharing service. <laughs>
sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the professionals, though, uh, one of the recent cases we had, I got a follow-up email. Um, you know, it was very nice instructions on how to decrypt. This is after we'd paid a ransom. Um, I got uh, printouts with a very nice uh, markup showing me where to click and things like that. Uh, they gave me the advice of, as soon as you're done, scan your systems with antivirus. And then they, they followed it up with an email about 20 minutes later that said, how did it go? <laughs> that's I, customer service. That's right. I was really expecting the survey later that said, you know, how was your ransomware experience? Would you recommend us to a friend? <laughs> so... Um, so one other thing we've talked about is uh, don't make unrealistic promises. There was a case with a clinic a few years back, for example, where um, the ransomers demanded money and they said, oh, we'll get that paid. And then they said, well, we have to get approval. And then they said, okay, we're ready to wire you the money. <laughs> and then they didn't wire the money. And that's where your criminals start to get angry and they want to make an example of you. So when you decide to pay the ransom, move forward and try to adhere to any deadlines that are set. If you're not sure if you're going to pay the ransom, tell them that. Mm -hmm. um, don't play games uh, because you don't want to be that case that they're making an example of. For sure. Yeah. And honestly, in, in the majority of the cases, they will send the key, in my experience, because it's kind of like a Yelp review. They don't want the word out that if you pay them, they don't send you the key. They want you to think that um, if you pay them, they will deliver so that people will keep paying them. Well, also, I think it's because you as a consultant are good at what you do, and you're taking that team approach. Yeah. You're saying, hey, this is a win-win. We get our data back, you get your money, everybody wins. Yeah. Um, and I know you've also said a lot of times that they have a lot of different cases going on. They do. And so you can't treat this like a normal negotiation, like a, well, normal, yeah. hostage, like a real-world hostage negotiation, yeah. because they don't have to, they don't have a person hostage. You don't have to feed that person and, you know, exactly. take care of that person. They have data. Which it's data, and they're probably tracking on hundreds, if not thousands, of different uh, cases at one time. And so, they honestly, it, you know, if you reach out and you're going to pay them, great. They've got your data, and they'll uh, give you your proof of life and all of those types of things. Um, if they start to feel like you're playing games, they may just delete your data and your key and move on to the next person, right? The next victim. Okay, so finally, um, classic rules of hostage negotiation don't work. It's always a good idea to get a professional involved. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes you're called in well into negotiation. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and that works just fine because really what I do is I, I do take that team approach of, okay, um, you know, it's as crazy as it sounds, I'm, I'm here to help both parties, right? I, my role in, I am very upfront with um, both the client and the ransom uh, person, <laughs> attacker, <laughs> at this point and say uh, to the attacker, my role here is to bring this to a quick and a successful conclusion for both parties. And so in some ways that works very well because, you know, I'm able to say, hey, if, um, you know, if you're willing to go with this lower cost, um, I, I think that I can get that approved and we can have payment to you within five days or something like that. Whereas if you're going to ask this larger amount, it's going to take us longer to get that together. And so I'm able to appear to be advocating for them as well. 
So I was going to ask if you're ever able to reduce the ransom or get to mm-hmm. get them to not raise the ransom. Yeah, I think if it's a small amount that seems affordable, I don't think it's worth negotiating in many cases. It's going to, um, it, it's easier just to get it over with quickly. But if they've set a very high amount, it is worth saying, hey, you know, that's that's more than we can pay or that's more than we want to pay. Um, how about we give you X? And we've been successful in doing that a number of times where um, we've been able to reduce large ransoms just by asking. That's great. Okay, so um, anything else you want to add, Karen? Um, no, I think we've covered it oh, all. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. Let's yeah. recap. Um, so first... Uh, the do's and don'ts of ransom negotiation, number one, do not pretend to be somebody else. You mm-hmm. want to be uh, straightforward with your ransomers, especially because there's a chance they might be in your network and understand exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make unrealistic promises because that's just going to make them angry and they may just move on to the next victim and get rid of your key and data. Do require proof of life, so verify that they actually have the key to decrypt your data. Um, otherwise, what are you paying for? And do take that team approach and treat it as a business deal. That's what they see it as, so that's the way you treat it, and that way you will be most successful. And finally, get a professional involved, um, such as Karen Springer. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining us today, Karen. I know you've had a very busy day. Just to close, we have a podcast on how to defend yourself from ransomware because an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We are also going to be releasing a couple podcasts about ransomware trends, um, the new trends with decryption keys and ransomware as a service and different organized crime groups, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for tuning in to CyberSide Chats. Thank you for watching LMG's CyberSide Chat. For more cybersecurity strategies and tips, please visit our blog at lmgsecurity.com. 